All right, hello and welcome to today's webinar, Divorce Mediation in the Age of Coronavirus. I know, it sounds like a really uh, interesting title. I didn't know what else to call this, um, as we are definitely trying to educate as many people as possible about um, you know, what's going on with divorce and family law when we're dealing with these um, interesting um, issues. So today we're gonna talk about divorce mediation. First things first, my name is John Knocklinger. Um, I am co-owner of New Jersey Divorce Solutions. I've been practicing divorce and family law for more than 15 years. I am a certified matrimonial attorney. I'm also a qualified divorce mediator, which is very important for today's presentation. Um, I've handled over 1,300 divorce and family law matters, including more than 100 uh, mediations that I've done myself. And I'm a New Jersey super lawyer as defined by New Jersey Monthly Magazine. A little bit about New Jersey Divorce Solutions before we get into the content of today's presentation. First of all, we were founded a little over five years ago, and we exclusively handle divorce and family law matters. That means custody and parenting time, that means alimony and child support, distribution of assets and debt, adoption, domestic violence, enforcement and modification of uh, prior orders and judgments, grandparent rights, and uh, those are all the family law, um, most of the family law issues that we handle. So what makes our firm a little bit different? We concentrate on solutions. We firmly believe that um, there is not one way to handle a divorce or to handle a family law matter. So we strive, our, strive on coming up with creative and personalized solutions to all of our clients' um, problems. Honesty, we're not going to tell you what you want to hear. If you want to hear what you want to, if you want to hear what you want to hear, um, we are definitely not going to ever be the firm for you. We tell people what they need to hear because having realistic expectations from day one is what is most important. And experience, our attorneys have over 75 years of combined experience. All right, now moving on to, day, to today's topic, which is divorce mediation. So what is divorce mediation? Well, to put it bluntly, it's just a, a process where you sit down and try to resolve your case with a neutral third party outside of the court system. That's really what mediation is. But it's really a safe place. It's a really a safe place where you can take the power into your own hands. And by that, I mean, you don't want a judge making decisions about everything in your life, do you? So mediation is a place where you can take that power back in your own hands and you can find a way to resolve your case uh, without going through the court system. So like I said a minute ago, mediation is gonna involve having a neutral third party who's typically an attorney, doesn't have to be, but typically is an attorney to help sit down and help you resolve your divorce. Um, but a mediation a mediator does not make decisions for you. Mediator is just there to give you advice and to help you and your spouse reach an agreement. So how is divorce mediation conducted? Now, I should go ahead and just sort of say generically that today, um, everything that I'm going to say to you, I say to you from the standpoint of my opinion and what we do at our firm. I will tell you that mediation um, varies greatly between different firms. 
So, you know, just because our firm does it one particular way doesn't mean that's the only way to do it, but I am telling you how we do it. And I do think a lot of people follow the same model. So just keep that in mind as we go forward. So the first thing that's going to be done is we're going to review materials from uh, the parties. Typically, this is if you have attorneys. Your attorneys would prepare some documents and then send them to me so I can review them. So when you come into mediation, I kind of already know a little bit about your life. I know how much money you make, how many kids you have, whether you own a house, some basic information. Um, if you're coming to mediation without attorneys, which is very common, particularly at the very beginning when you and your spouse just have decided, listen, we should get divorced. We're not really, um, the marriage isn't working, we need to get divorced, but we don't want to spend all of our money fighting, so let's go see a mediator. In those situations, usually what we'll do is ask for you to bring some documents with you. There's some things that you know we need almost in every case, which is tax returns, pay stubs, recent bank statements, credit card statements, things like that. So the next thing that will happen when you get there is that we will have a dis general discussion about what the process is and what you can expect during the mediation process. Well, I'll, I usually go over the general facts of the case. You know, let's make sure we're not in disagreement about how much everyone makes and uh, things like that. And then we'll try to figure out what we need to resolve. You know, because the last thing I like to do is to uh, ruin something that two people have already agreed to. So it's really important from the very beginning to find out what has everyone agreed to and what do we need to actually resolve? Next, we divide the parties up into two rooms. Now, obviously we're doing this, uh, this webinar when the office is closed and we're doing a lot of things over Zoom, which is how many of you are joining this presentation today. The beauty of Zoom is we can do what's called breakout rooms. So what I do is I get everyone on the video conference, we do our spiel where I tell you, here's what's gonna happen, and then I can actually break the parties up into two separate rooms so that we can actually have these very important conversations separately where you all don't have to be in the same room. If we do mediation in the office, which at some point we will be back in the office, believe it or not, I know it's hard for us all to believe right now, um, that's where we use two separate conference rooms to. Um, help split up the parties and facilitate things. And I'll go into the, all this a little bit more. I'm just giving some generic, uh, basic information right now. And um, the mediator will go back and forth between the rooms, your virtual rooms or your real rooms. And that's what, how mediation is conducted. Uh, the mediator will, will hear both sides of what's happening. And it's often said the mediator knows when the case is settled while they're walking back between the rooms because they've heard what is important to everybody. So what is the mediation process itself? So I came up with this little flow chart to try to just put it together as best I can. But basically what we're gonna do is start by identifying the most important goals of each party. I usually tell people, you know, everything is not the most important thing to you, right? There's usually two or three or four things that are absolutely the most important thing to you. So we try to identify what those things are and what your goals are. And then what, usually what we do is go back and forth and try to, um, it's, it's, we try to have a, um, a, uh, you know, a discussion about what the pros and cons are of each of those goals. 
and determine what your best and what worst case um, positions are so that I have an idea of, you know, what are you willing to settle for? What are you willing, not willing to settle for? So we can get an idea of where the compromise might be able to be made. So conveying the goals to the other party is the next part of this. So what I mean by that is um, we need to tell the other side what you're looking for, right? You can't move anything along unless we know what the other side's looking for. So convey the goals to the other side and then try to convey some urgency to compromise. So what I mean by this is if your goal is to receive some alimony, then we need to create some urgency on the part of your, um, your spouse that of what, what their danger is of not agreeing to something or um, why their position might be a little um, outside the bounds of reasonableness. So we like to explain the relationship of the goals of the other party to what your goals are. So if your goal is to pay no alimony and your other spouse's goal is to pay alimony, then we have to discuss the relationship that those two goals can't exist at the same time. So we have to figure out some way to reconcile the two of them. And then also we have to decide what your um, real positions are and not just positions that you're having just um, because you're upset or because you're being um, difficult. Um, you know, I don't mean being difficult because you come to the mediation process being difficult, but you're upset with your spouse, right? And sometimes it's, you know, you don't wanna give them what they're looking for. So this is all about goals, trying to figure out what your goals are, what, you're at, what your spouse's goals are, and figuring out how we can mesh those goals together. And that's the last part of this, is that matching up your goals so we can find a common way to resolve issues and dispute. Um, this was a very interesting way of going through the divorce mediation process. I debated whether to even go through it, but I think it's important to sort of see um, you know, how this works. So what is disclosed to your spouse by the mediator? This is a question that comes up all the time. First thing you need to know is that meetings with each party and the mediator are entirely private. And what that means is you should tell the mediator anything that you want to tell the mediator. Um, and it is entirely private. That information is helpful though. It's helpful for the mediator to know some context so that you can, um, so the mediator can help you resolve your case. The background of the why, like why are you asking for this? Why are you asking for that is very important, but it's never disclosed to the other party unless you say it's okay. Your final position on items is never disclosed. So for example, if you, if you said to me, listen, I'm asking for you know, $100 a week in alimony, but you know, I'm willing to settle at the end of this for $75 a week. That final position is never communicated to the other side, but it's important for the mediator to know. Because if you come into mediation and say that your position is you want $100 a week of alimony and that's all you will settle for, that's an important thing for the mediator to know. Because then the mediator will know that that is the most important thing to you because you're saying you're not gonna compromise on it and we need to find some way to get you that um, within the context of mediation. But I mean, mediation doesn't work unless you're open and honest with the mediator. You cannot hold anything back. 
So if you really want something, you have to be honest about it. And this is the place to be honest. Your spouse isn't looking at you. You're talking to a mediator and you're telling the mediator what you really need, what you really want. That's what's so, that's what's uh, different about mediation than just about anything else that you'll do if you go through the court process. And you really have to be blunt. You really do. Be as blunt as you want. I have heard so much during mediation from uh, parties during our private meetings that if their spouse heard any of it, the case would never have settled. But guess what? You come to mediation to get your case done quickly so that you don't spend all of your money fighting. And so you need to be blunt, open, honest, and you need to tell the mediator exactly how you feel, why you feel that way, and what it is you really want. But it's important for you to know the mediator does not represent you. So yes, like I said before, the mediator is a lawyer in most cases, and they're gonna use their mediation and legal skills to help identify the areas where you're in agreement and where you're disagreement and help you bridge those um, disagreements. A mediator may also tell you how a court might look at a problem. Typically this is done privately. So if, for example, I'll use my, my alimony example again, if you're coming into mediation having made $50,000 a year more than your spouse after a 20-year marriage and you don't want to pay alimony, as a mediator, I'm going to tell you privately, you don't want to take that position to court because you're going to lose. So why don't we try to find a resolve this today? And those are the kinds of blunt conversations that need to happen. Because if they don't happen, you're going to advance a position that's never going to resolve the case and you're going to spend a ton of money and get to a you're going to get to a resolution that I think we can all uh, predict from the very beginning. So providing solutions to agreements is very important. I do that very frequently. I will say when people come in without attorneys, sometimes they just look at me and they're like, I, you know, we agree that there should be alimony, but we don't even know where to start. So a mediator is a good uh, is a good uh, source of information at least to get you started with the discussion. So what's really important about mediation is the mediator cannot be an attorney for either party or an attorney for both parties. This is very important, which means that although mediator can prepare certain documents, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, the mediator can actually get you divorced. Although I know there are some attorneys out there that believe a mediator can get you divorced, um, I'm not one of them. I think that a mediator, there is a line that a mediator should not cross. This is my personal policy. While a mediator does not provide, tell you what the law is or provide you an analysis of the law, a mediator can tell you what the law is if both parties ask you to say, tell them what the law is. I'll give you an example. I'm asked very frequently what is and is not included in child support. Well, some of that is black and white just in, in the rules. And so that's easy. Some of it's gray and I tell them what's gray and I don't give them my legal opinion about the gray stuff because that's a legal opinion. But if both parties wanna know what the law is and I can just tell you what the law is, then that, that's perfectly fine. But both parties have to want it before um, I'll provide it. If there are complex legal issues, you should consult with an attorney before, during and after mediation. I encourage people to go speak to an attorney. Just have a you know, 30 minute, one hour consultation with somebody before you start mediation. It's much better to find out what you're quote unquote entitled to 
before mediation than to reach an agreement at mediation and then go speak to an attorney and blow up the entire settlement because now you've heard that maybe you've agreed to something that um, some attorney is telling you is not, um, not a good deal for you. Sometimes you've got valuation problems, you know, like what, how much is the house worth? Do you have any tax or accounting problems? And if those things exist, you might need to consult with an expert during the mediation process. That doesn't apply to a whole lot of people, but it does apply to some people. And when an agreement is reached, um, you have to understand that the mediator is not necessarily looking out for you to make sure you got the best deal. Mediator's there to try to help you and your spouse reach an agreement that each of you think is fair and reasonable. That's the goal of mediation. The goal of mediation isn't to advocate for each party and try to get you the best deal possible. That's called litigation. But mediation is we're just trying to find a fair way to resolve things that you can walk away with, you can walk away and feel comfortable with. And that's what mediation is all about. So what things can divorce mediation help resolve? I just listed, how many is this, 15? Yeah, real quick, 15. So custody, parenting time, holiday and vacation schedules, child support, children's activities, that's both what activities should they be in and who should pay for it, child care and summer camp, alimony, insurance, so life insurance, health insurance, auto insurance, marital home, how do we divide it, uh, cars, um, bank accounts, um, let's see, retirement accounts, taxes, businesses, if you, anyone has a small closely held business and division of debt. So all of these things can be resolved in mediation and so much more. So just a, this is just a little list of things that can be resolved. So what does mediation require? So I always like to say it requires three pillars and here they are. First one is full and transparent disclosure of all income, assets, and debt. If you're looking to hide something, don't come to mediation. I'm serious. If you want to hide something from your spouse, don't come to mediation. I'll tell you right now, if you come to me for mediation and I get any win that you're hiding something, I will discontinue mediation. I won't tell your spouse why I'm discontinuing because, again, that's private information that... Um, I've discussed with you in our private setting, but I'll, I'll discontinue mediation because I'm not going to participate in something where you're hiding something from your spouse. So if you want to hide something, mediation is not the place for you. Secondly, there has to be mutual respect and honesty. You can't be yelling at your spouse. You can't be calling them names. You've got to be respectful and you have to be honest. Do not lie. Just don't lie. And I'll tell you a little bit more about why you shouldn't lie as, in a couple minutes as we get to the last part of this, is that there is no agreement mediation until you have something signed. So if you come to mediation, you lie about something, and your spouse finds out about it before you've signed an agreement, that's a big problem. And if your spouse finds out it, about it after you've signed an agreement, that could even be a problem for you too from a legal perspective. So just don't lie. Just be honest and have mutual respect. And finally, good behavior. I don't know children should be allowed in mediation. And this includes 30 and 40 and 50 and 60 somethings, you know, acting like they're 15. If you want to, if you want to come into mediation and throw mud at your spouse, do it somewhere else. I mean, the whole point of coming to mediation is to get your case done. All right. So come in, don't hide, don't lie, act, act like an adult.
So we've already discussed some of this, so I'll be a little bit quick. All mediation sessions um, with the mediator are confidential. All communications with the mediator are confidential and privileged. That means nothing said at mediation can ever be used in court, which is why you should be open and honest with the mediator and very blunt, because nothing can ever be repeated. You can never call me as a mediator to be a witness, ever, and that is by rule. So that extends to any notes that I take. If I take notes, you can't have a copy of my notes. Those are part of the mediation process. The whole idea here is that we have an open and honest dialogue and we can't do that if, it, if you have any fear that what you say or anything that happens is going to show up in the courthouse. All contact with, this is my personal rule, all contact with the two parties outside of mediation, no matter what it is, phone calls, emails, whatever the case is, you have to involve both parties. So there's, there's no contact between me and only one party ever, except when we're in mediation sessions in our separate rooms, okay? So we reached an oral agreement, what happens next? Well, number one, there is no agreement unless it's in writing and signed by the parties. I'll say that again. There is no agreement unless it's in writing and signed by the parties, period. So there, you have really a four um, options whenever we reach an agreement. One is you can prepare your own written agreement. You can just leave mediation, you and your spouse can go write your own agreement. I highly recommend you never do that. Two, you can take the oral agreement to an attorney and have them draft an agreement. Three, you can have the mediator prepare what's called a memorandum of understanding, which is really like a bullet point list of things that you've agreed to. Um, and you can take that to an attorney and have them put it into an agreement. Or finally, the mediator themselves can prepare a formal settlement agreement that could technically just be signed um, if you and your spouse agree. Um, I, in most of the mediations I do, probably 90%, I usually prepare the formal settlement agreement for the parties. And then their attorneys, if they have them, will look at the agreement and make modifications if they didn't like the way I worded something. But that's usually the best way to proceed. So how much does, does divorce mediation cost and how long does it take? Probably the two most important questions to a lot of you, right? Well, so on the way we do mediation sessions is you pay as you go. So you just pay for whatever time you consume with the mediator. So on average, and this is in our office, just so you're aware, in our office, the average divorce mediation takes about one to three sessions, and each session lasts about two to five hours. I know those seem like big ranges, but that's about what it is. Um, most mediations get done in about two sessions, and I rarely go more than three hours, but it really just depends. Uh, any communication outside of mediation is billable. So if you, there's a bunch of phone calls and emails and all kinds of things happening when we're not having a mediation session, you do have to pay for those. Um, if you have a mediator draft the agreement, you'll usually pay a small fee to cover the cost of that in advance. With me, it's usually like three to six hours of time. It really depends on what issues need to be in the agreement. If are there kids or they're not kids, you know, what are we doing? Because, um, uh, you know, and you pay for that in advance for just so that it's paid for already. But because once you get the agreement, um, you can technically sign it and be done. Uh, an agreement's usually done within two weeks of the end of mediation. That's usually what I tell people I'm going to be able to do for them. Because the whole point here is what? 
Get it done quickly. That's the whole idea here. Get it done quickly. So the average divorce in our office costs $15,538. That's the average divorce. And I'm going to say per, and I say per person because that's how much it costs for one person to go through a divorce. Your spouse is going to incur counsel fees too. So just duplicate that. You can see how much a divorce could cost. The average divorce achieved through divorce mediation is $3,120. So that's $3,120 versus $31,000 in total fees on average. A huge difference. So, you know, mediation could save your family $28,000. That's a ton of money. And all it requires is both you and your spouse coming to the complete understanding that this is a preferred process to going to court. And like I just went through, it's not a complicated process. It just requires honesty, bluntness, and it requires you to come in with an open mind and be ready to settle. So how do you get started if you're interested in doing mediation? Well, you call. <laughs> you call us, 732-384-1573. So you and your, your spouse or your ex-spouse, because I know we've talked about divorce mediation, but this applies if you're already divorced and now you need to come back and resolve something. You've got a parenting time issue. One of you has lost a job and you need, want to reevaluate what the support should look like. You and your spouse have to talk to our office at the same time. And I think this is the case with all mediators. There needs to be a mutual understanding between both of you of what you're getting yourself into. I find that if only one person calls and does the scheduling, the other person might not feel as um, invested in the process. So we do have a process here where both parties have to call and be on the initial call. So um, because we're going through this whole coronavirus, I've, I've been really intent on trying to find ways to provide small little discounts to people because I do think it's important. Everyone's scared about money right now. And uh, we firmly believe here that even though the economy is kind of, you know, une uneven right now, that should not get in the way of you being able to move forward in your life. You know, we don't want anyone to just stay static if they really need to move forward. So if you, uh, if you call and you mention the code Sydney, which is my daughter's name, who, uh, who has left me alone during this webinar, which is amazing, um, usually we do $325 an hour for divorce mediation. But right now we'll do it for $250 an hour, which is a huge discount. And I'm going to do it through the end of April. So if you call anytime before the end of April, just tell um, the person you speak to when you call Jonathan, that code Sydney, and he'll, uh, he'll get you all hooked up. All right. And uh, if you're interested in anything else about divorce, we've been doing a lot of other webinars. Um, just text HAPPY to 66866 and uh, we'll send you an email with some free materials some other videos and webinars and all sorts of goodies. So if you're interested that, in that, please text the word HAPPY to 66866. And like I said, we'll send you an email with all kinds of goodies, all right? Well, that's it. That's all we've got. And actually, I went almost 30 minutes, a little bit longer than I thought I was going to go. So if you have any questions about today's webinar or anything that we've discussed in the webinar, please um, give us a call at 732-384-1573, or you can email us at intake at centraljerseyfamilylaw.com. All right, it was a pleasure. I uh, didn't see anybody, but it's a pleasure for, to have you guys all on the uh, webinar. And we're going to continue to do these webinars every Tuesday and Friday. So if you're interested in uh, being part of the next webinar, please um, 
continue to visit our social media channels and you'll find the next webinar, all right? Thanks everybody for joining.